0: another exp podcast i'm joined this week by my co-host luan vetteretti uh, and Hello. we've got two wonderful guests with us today and we're going to be discussing lighting art so we have with us uh, guillaume do you want hey. to introduce yourself uh, yep yeah. so uh, i'm a lighting
1: artist from france um i work on for several studios in paris as first environment and then lighting artist Uh, I'm working now uh, at Ubisoft Barcelona, and I worked on projects like uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, and I am working now on AC Valhalla. Awesome. And we
0: also have Peter. Take it away, Peter.
2: Hey. So, my name is Peter. I'm a junior lighting artist at Ubisoft Montreal, and I'm currently working on an unannounced game. So. So a secret right now, and I used to work at Tuke Game, which is also in Montreal, and we worked on a uh, official Dungeon and Dragons game, which is called Dark Alliance. It's announced, but still under new development. So yeah,
0: awesome. Sounds pretty cool. All right. So we continue our kind of intro series. We're going to be talking about what is lighting up. You guys both being lighting artists. So. Um, Guillaume, do you want to give us a little intro about what lighting art is?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So a lighting
0: artist is basically, uh,
1: someone that is taking care of, um, translate the mood and the ambience in, uh, in a game for a location, for a scene or, uh, even cinematics. Um, we are working closely with a lot of, uh, other people like, um, artistic direction, for example, concept artists, uh, level design also, because we, we can help them to, to drive people, players, uh, through a level, and also ethics artists. So, yeah, we... I mean, a lighting artist is mainly someone that can work with a lot of other people to assure that everything is readable and playable in a level. So how did you get into lighting out light yourself, Guillaume? Uh, so, yeah, uh, before doing lighting, I was environment artist. And basically, after my first internship, I went into uh, Archviz uh, studio, and we were like four or five people. And I had to learn uh, how to do environment and also lighting. And it's at this moment that I really jumped into this, uh,
0: into the the, the lighting art. Oh, nice, cool. Okay, I guess in the same vein, Peter, how did you get into lighting art?
2: So I did study in three D animation, so basically all the uh, modeling, texturing, rigging, animation, and all that stuff. But I was mainly uh, interested in to making environment for games. But at some point, I realized that. I didn't have a proper lighting for any of my scenes, right? So it it looked kind of weird without a proper lighting. There was something that was always off with it, and that's when I started to look into lighting itself, how people lit their scene, and then eventually I realized that it was actually a job, a proper job, a uh, a lighter, right? That does the lighting, then for film, for animation, for games, for Actual practical lighting in sets and movies as well, and that's pretty much how I got to become a lighting artist. I didn't really try to become a uh, professional environment artist, even though I did study in it. But I got directly into lighting as from the very start, as an intern, as a lighting artist at Jute, then eventually I became a junior at Ubisoft. So, yeah.
3: It's always interesting, isn't it? Like, you get that revelation moment at some point where you go, oh, I, I can do this as a job? What? I know, right? <laughs> you just uh, sort of end up like being really passionate about it because you can do it like what you love as a job,
2: right? It's cool. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many jobs out there that's so underrated, you know? There's lighter, I guess. There's grooming artists. There's rock artists. There's vehicle artists. I mean, a lot of the jobs are, could be categorized as a props a modeler, or environment artist, but beneath it, there's so much smaller job trees that you can choose. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah when, when I remember that when I leave the the school, uh, there was no job as a lighting artist at that time. It was the, the environment guy that was doing everything like environment and lighting. And it's really with the I think it was with the 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 release of Unreal 4 that uh, people were were becoming to specialize into different disciplines.
3: Yeah, I think it was sort mm-hmm. of around back then that you started seeing lighting art come up more and more, right? Like, so around twenty twelve, twenty thirteen,
0: 2013. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Era. Uh, so lighting is something that actually, um, I guess, is, is one of those things that perhaps a lot of students or people getting into the industry might not, kind of realizes as impactful or, like you said, is a role that you can actually do. Um, but it is something that can really make a big difference to the overall look of a project. So um, it'd be interesting if you guys could just tell us a little bit about kind of your process of how you actually go about approaching lighting a scene. Um, how about Guillaume starts us off?
1: Yeah, um, well, for me, the one of the most important things that I always do is gather uh, references like I mean I'm, I'm really like the, the really picky with this but for, for me it's, I spend tons of time doing this uh, getting correct pictures correct reference correct uh, color palette it's, it's, it's really something that will save you time at the end doing this uh, in the beginning of the process and you will not, like, lose yourself doing this, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have, like, a kind of a list of what I'm doing when I'm uh, creating a personal project or a scene. It's like um I set up my basic environment. Then I go into the camera. I try to find the good uh, camera angles and stuff. And then I'm doing the, like, what I call the basic, uh, ingredients that are, uh, directional light or light source, uh, fog. And I set up my exposure. And then when I have this, I can iterate on like further lights or details and everything. So do you collect reference? Or as a
3: mood, or do you prefer to sort of collect references? More of a, this is what I'm going to
1: do. Kind of thing? Uh, uh, it's it's both. I take the I take on one part mood that I really like, and once I know what kind of mood I want to go for, I'm taking um, really close picture of what I want, like
2: target render. Usually when I choose my references. It's mostly for the composition and the value and the overall mood, I guess, of what I'm thinking of doing. But as my approach for lighting, I guess, I usually start with, uh well, it depends on if it's a work project or a personal project, right? But overall, I guess I usually start lighting the scene uh with no colors, really, just black and white, just to get the proper values and set up the proper composition of what I want. If I can, I, I usually just work with a few shots, depending on, on the, the, the goal of the project. For a personal project, I usually just have one single camera shot. And then I basically just consider the project as a uh, almost like a picture or a painting, not too much as a game. But of course, in working in the game itself, we have, uh, stuff that we actually have to do, right? We have to make it visible, uh, gameplay wise, the design wise,
1: yeah. the
2: artistic direction. So what I would say for work in the, in an actual game, I would usually go big first, make it overkill, then make it super good looking first. And I don't really care about the optimization in the beginning. And then as soon as I got it's something that I'm pretty happy with and that got validated by my art director in Well, I would try to bring tone it down little by little in terms of the optimization, but visually I try to keep it the same, you know? So like go big first and then tone it back without losing the visual quality, but while trying to keep it optimized for gameplay reason and engine-wise, right? Uh,
0: both you guys kind of mentioned gathering references. So I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about kind of kind of references are you looking for? Because obviously you can get like a piece of concept art that you're working from. Looks really nice, but perhaps the lighting in there isn't something that will translate to 3D. So are you guys kind of looking at those concepts and trying to gather the mood from there? Or if you got do you prefer to find like uh physically realistic ones? Or how, how can that be? Because I mean there's a lot of pictures out there that are also edited or doctored so it seems like it could be quite tricky to find um accurate lighting out there. Uh, Guillaume
1: Yeah, um usually I I try to um identify what I want to search like if it's more uh clouds, uh shapes or gradient or colors I I try to separate by uh topics and also yeah. like uh, if I'm going for something that is uh, realistic, I will not look for, like, cartoony style or something. But in general, I try to have, like, a, a big picture of landscape or something that is close to what I like or what I want to do. And then going more and more into details of, uh, I don't know, like, for example, materials, uh, like uh, references for uh, grass, ground uh, clouds and overall shape also
2: yeah mm-hmm. mine's pretty much the same as Guillaume, it's mostly for the mood and the subject in itself right, if I I'm planning to do a, a scene where it's uh, super moody and dramatic well I would usually try to find something that would help me figure it out how to make it dramatic like uh, a super dark sky or a super long shadows on how the grass would look with long shadows on the ground, what's the overall mood that you're supposed to feel, or the the player or whoever's gonna watch that scene or the picture would should feel right yeah. so that's uh the the mood in itself it's the the most important part for me when I get references because you know references shouldn't be the Perfect exact same thing as your scene. You have to interpret it your way and make it your stuff and not just simply copy paste the same lighting and the same picture. That would come I guess that would could come consider as a, a study to yeah. practice. But then again, it would would be a lot more original if you could, you know, do your own twist on it and have something more personal that gives more feeling to it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you can mix a lot of stuff that you find in in different pictures and uh gather everything and try to create your own uh picture of this
0: you were um talking about gathering references for like grass and um other parts of the scene so Mm -hmm. uh you're looking at lighting. So how come you're gathering kind of references for those? What is it that you're looking for in those references for when you're approaching your seats? Um,
1: I think it's mostly how, uh, lights will react to, uh, objects. Like for example, if you take the, if you take something that is looking, uh, really, really cloudy, but with big highlights in the sky, you will have highlights in the, on the grass that will lead everything a bit like uh uh Ghost of Tsushima kind of style and it's this kind of stuff that i try to to find and to to identify when i'm looking for references on materials like how this will react to light to lighting
2: yes yeah it's pretty much how how would, would it should look and how it could look Right. Yeah. If you're working with something more real or you're not sure how the, the light would bounce in the, uh, in a, in a, I don't know, in a room with red walls as a paint or, or how the props would react with the GI on the ground or how the metal would, you, you should look. Right. So that's, you, you try to aim for something and references for mood and how material reacts really do help with it in the end and it's not you shouldn't be looking for reference while you're working and you should do more before you're working so you're more prepared and not doing something spontaneously and and then it sometimes it could become something stylized without knowing it or something that doesn't make sense or it looks re- off but you're not sure why and then you're trying to fix it to another thing that you shouldn't be or the matter itself you're trying to boost the color while you were supposed to, to reduce the lighting or something like that, right? You're, you're trying to prepare the scene and make it, uh, easier for you and then more, uh, technically correct and properly lighting the scene. That's the, the point of PBR as well, right? You have to gather, you have to understand how PBR reacts with certain materials and certain lighting scenarios, right?
3: Yeah. interesting like when you say um you have to sort of uh, try to inject some of that those visual elements that you, you like and stuff into it how often do you say in i guess more of a professional situation do you go back to the say environment artists or material artists and you ask or maybe a little bit of a change on a material or an asset so you can capture the light in this uh environment a little bit better
2: Personally, I do, we do have a lot of back and forth at work, no? If the material looks kind of off, well, uh, you, we usually ask the texture and the lighter to speak and, and figure out together on the same page to, to find where's the issue. Is it the uh, lighting it's too much or the color, the texture color is too dark or too saturated? And then there's also uh, the fact if the art director is liking this this look, it could be stylized. it could be really fake. It doesn't have to make sense in terms of uh, physically making sense, but if it looks good and it works technically, then that's the angle, right? It doesn't have to be super, extremely uh, realistic in terms of how we make it. It could be kind of faking it as, as well, in terms of lighting. And texturing.
3: Yeah, cause I guess you gotta, you gotta break some rules sometimes to make things look quite how you like, right?
2: Mm-hmm, right? Yes. For sure. How yeah. about you, Guillaume? Uh,
1: yeah, basically what we are doing is, um, we try to play the game as much as possible. And we played it with, uh, leads, uh, uh, most of the time. And we just, like, uh, said, we we just uh, say what what we what we want to change. Like if we if we see something that is not working, we just said, okay, this is not working. We have to uh, go speak to uh, the texture artist, ask him uh, if he can change the texture of, as Peter said, like a uh, little bit more the the diffuse, for example. And at the end, it's just like a matter of having everyone talk to each other and it just it just work if everyone is at the same page like we just said it's we, you you have to also okay. said like it's not uh against the work of of anyone it's like uh we just need this to be more clear or or dark and just uh work as a team
0: it sounds like a good understanding of other kind of parts of the pipeline is really important to what you do with kind of knowing how materials work and you mentioned pbr peter and uh, i guess kind of an understanding of the side of what the environment artists do so that you're able to kind of communicate well with those teams to kind of get the effect that you are after is that something that you try to kind of practice more in your personal projects to look at those kind of other areas of uh, material creation or um, doing more kind of whole scenes?
2: Well, personally, I, when I do personal projects, I try to focus on lighting only. So if I can find or buy some assets that have you know really good quality in terms of picturing and how it, it could react with the normal lighting scenario, such as mega scan stuff or perfect for lighting studies or even, even really high quality assets that people make. Those are usually what I, tr- uh, I try to start with and I don't really have to uh, tweak the material that much. A lot of, a lot of time I do have to just to have the, the result that I want. But I'd rather not fix the texture if I can and just start directly with something that's really good. And then I, c- I could just Simply uh, focus on lighting and doing the, the artistic part of lighting and not fixing it you know
1: yeah it's the it's the it's the same uh, on my side Like every time I'm doing personal project, I try to find balanced uh material and good quality assets uh, with which I can work and if, if, for example, I have something that is not working, I will try to fix it, like a material or something. But, I mean, if I can't find uh, on Megascan, uh, for example, a texture, the uh, shader that is working better, I will, I will
0: prefer take this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're looking for these scenes uh, to relight on the the marketplace, or uh, when you're saying trying to source these high quality assets, what are some things that you Particularly look out for this might be something that could help environment or texture artists kind of know what what things they should be kind of focusing on for if they're selling scenes or when they're creating their scenes for to actually get a better lighting result. What is it as a lighting artist that you particularly kind of pay attention to?
2: Uh, I usually try to look if the uh, texturing is done well, if the uh, diffuse color is not too saturated or too dark. That would be uh, ideal. Most of the time it's not, but it's not that hard to fix it anyway. But that's mainly the first thing that that I look for, and then maybe on how the modeling is done: is it too low poly? Is it too high poly? If there's not enough bevel, well, the lighting it's not gonna react properly. There's gonna be sharp line and stuff that I wouldn't want to work with. And then I guess it would be the subject of the scene as well. If it's easy to uh to mess it up and build on my own something with those assets, or if it's a single mesh, a giant single mesh that I can't really work with, or I can't really play around with. So that's yeah, those are the main things that I look for when I try to look for a project that I want to relight or to study with.
1: Yeah, it's basically the same uh, on my side. I Usually I try to look at the shader, if the if the texture is correctly done and balanced, it's it's a real plus. And yeah, the as Peter said, like the the, the models, if they are uh, enough uh, good, uh, I mean, not too much, not too low poly. And yeah, I think he's, he 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 quite well. It's funny, I keep telling people put more more divisions on your bevels.
3: No it's plenty. <laughs> Go for it. It's no problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Won't have that problem soon with the uh, Unreal Engine five and that promo where they're advertising <laughs> meshes with twenty oh, million polys. Yeah.
1: Maybe in ten years.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean okay. Yeah. Uh, the 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 tech looks really solid. But I mean, I guess like this is a, a technical demo, and this is uh, not like a full game, obviously. But I mean, for the future, it 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 announced some really nice stuff uh, on this side.
3: This actually brings up an interesting question: if if you're looking for assets on, say, uh, Megascans or the Unreal Marketplace or anything. Uh, anything that you kind of want to use on a scene that you're working on do you if you had the choice would you just go ahead and pick a a nice high poly cinematic asset to just put it in or do you think um i mean obviously if the performance was there and you could handle it uh, or do you would you just prefer to work with something more game ready
1: Uh, Um, well i guess it depends on the if if it's a personal project and i'm aiming for a For a picture at the end, like some shots, I will take the the high poly uh, model because uh, when I when I work for shots, I don't care about performances. Uh, I just put everything uh, to the maximum and uh, make this look good. Take my shots, and then uh, it's 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 okay. Uh, it's it's okay if it's not game ready. That's my motto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like for, for a game, if you are working in a, in a company, it's different, obviously, because you have the performance, uh, topic. And yeah, in, in this case, you have to, you have to be careful on, uh, the size of the, of the mesh, the, the poly count and everything.
2: How about you, Peter? Yeah, it's the same for me. I usually do, just go for the, the highest quality possible. And, for a personal project, I don't care at all for the optimization. The end goal would be to have a, a really good render of a single picture, as if it was a, a painting almost, not a game-ready map or a game-ready lighting. That's I, I keep those constraints for work. And if I have the option, I mean, at home, on a personal project, I wouldn't care at all for gameplay-wise, like game design. Or, or anything that has to be optimized at all. I just want the freedom of creating something beautiful in the end. And that's the, the, the only goal I have for a personal yeah, project.
3: I mean, at the end, I think, I guess you're trying to sell a, a mood that you find interesting, right? Like you're, and you're just trying You're concerned with just creating the art. You're not, you don't worry too much if it's uh if everything's performant, et cetera. Um,
2: yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and if, if, if you, if you are worried about this like showings, for example, for an interview, uh, this, uh, this kind of really high, uh, end, uh, shots and the, the someone asks you, like, do you know, uh, optimization and everything? It's the moment where you can say, yes, obviously, I can, I know how optimization lighting is working, but it's
3: interesting that you bring that up actually. How important do you think it is to show that in your portfolio?
1: I mean, in the portfolio, I would go for the highest quality uh, stuff that you can make to just, as you said, sell the the mood, sell your work. Like, uh, I can do a beautiful artwork and this is why I'm selling you. And if, if they are responsive to this during the interview, they can ask like, uh, um, how do you optimize everything and stuff? And this is when you can say, okay, this is my, uh, uh, workflow to optimize lighting. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's like you show what you show your
2: best and that's it. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, I think it doesn't only go for lighting. I think it could also go for modeling and texturing as well. You know, sometimes, I mean, I guess most of the time students would uh, hang up on small, trivial matters and worry too much about the technical stuff. And they end up with a a project that isn't as good because they kept worrying about the tech and the optimization. But the truth is, uh, depending on the game, you have no idea how to optimize properly for a game. I mean, if yes, it's an open world. World optimization is completely different than a single-player game such as Last of Us or, you know, those kind of stuff, we the studio and the technical team will teach you no matter what anyway. So I'd rather see something that looks good, that you can make something super well, super good looking. And then if, as long as you know the fundamentals of how to, you know, optimize something, then the the rest of the smaller way of taking tech- uh, the technical ways of optimizing stuff or even the texturing in the trim sheet textures or in the modeling techniques i'm sure the studios in the team will teach you all those stuff no matter what so uh, yeah yeah that's it absolutely
3: i tell that to people a lot as well in the environment art and props and stuff it's just like be concerned about making something that just looks really nice and you know as long as you're not absolutely crazy about it and go and make something that's a uh, 16k texture with uh, uh you know like super high poly model uh that's fine just uh, first and foremost though sell your art and i guess that that kind of technical stuff like you guys said comes up in the interviews more than anything right and if not then you usually learn it on the job regardless but yeah exactly,
2: exactly. yeah like Absolutely. just maybe
1: maybe know the like the basics of the optimization and that's it i mean they they will they will show you when and teach you their own workflow. Don't turn on shadowcasters, gotcha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> on a bit of a technical note, uh, Unreal Engine has added some some features with lighting, um, it feels like not too long ago, in the form of the kind of ray tracing stuff they've put in. Has that um, affected the way that you guys have been working on your scenes? Have you... I mean, in terms of personal projects, is it something you've had a chance to kind of test out with the, the ray tracing and the dynamic lights and does that differ from how much does that differ from what you were kind of previously doing? Um,
1: well, I can't run uh, RTX <laughs> so I'm really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my scene if, um, the the only thing I tried was the reflection and this is what cost the most uh, in the retracing so I mean I've tried uh, both Shadows and Reflections and GI and it looks really really nice but to me I think it's still something that needs to wait for maybe consoles or not, not consoles but PC for example because you have to get some really high end uh, material. And I guess they will uh upgrade everything with the the future updates also as well.
0: And of Yeah,
2: same for me as Yeah, same for me. I I can't run RTX so I I never had a chance to play with it. But regardless I think art, the ray tracing stuff is still Kind of niche, and you can do most of the work with traditional lighting. You know, like just the bake it in itself. It's pretty good already. You can try to fake with dynamic lighting as well, but uh, lighting the whole map or everything through ray tracing is kind of overkill and niche, in my opinion.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I found also- um, some because I was working with a lot of really large assets and I found uh the one thing about ray tracing that really really kind of helped was the ray tracing shadows really helped with enormous assets because you know you were getting some really crisp shadows that made a lot of sense uh and with a with a big directional light and I thought um if I could pick it's the one that has the least visual impact but it's the one that kind of made my um uh, technical made my environment need less technical problem solving and more just i could click this on and i just had my nice shadows along my, my rain and such and i thought the shadows was one of the most underappreciated additions. i think
1: <laughs> yeah i think this uh this feature is the the less expensive one when you when you do this in a large uh environment outside like outdoors open world or something because i mean i, I read that it was really not that expensive to do this and you have really good results as everything has a, a tiny shadow and don't have this kind of uh, buffer where you, you don't see anything at a certain distance.
0: So talking about impact of, you're saying of shadows or the scene there, I think lighting is perhaps one of those aspects that a lot of people when they're kind of putting together scenes and especially kind of beginners and suits guilty of is something that gets a bit more neglected Uh, what would you say um, is the kind of importance and impact of lighting actually on a scene or what is the most kind of drastic improvement that you've seen from lighting or you've managed to achieve yourselves from lighting um, of a scene Uh, Guillaume do you want to start us off
1: uh yeah I think the biggest impact, I guess, I mean, in, in, to to me, will be to uh, um, like reflect your vision of the of the scene you want to make, like to to sell someone uh, a mood, as we said before, and I mean. It's not just like, uh, you, you lit, uh, a scene It's really to add, uh, something in it, like, a a bit of storytelling, a bit of, uh, I don't know, like, uh, something that can hint, uh, people that there is something going on here, drive people eyes to something specific. To me, this is what I try to, uh, go. As uh, an impact in the in my in my lighting, uh, you uh, I mean yeah, this this mm-hmm. is what
2: aiming for. Yeah, I think if you really think about it, without lighting, you wouldn't see anything in your scene, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean so. that's literally, literally pretty much. But if you if you uh, lighting for me, it's pretty much how to present your work. And other people's work. And if you, you spent, I don't know, three weeks on one single asset with super perfect texturing, the, the modeling is top notch. But then you just throw in a scene with the, the saddest lighting possible. Well, all that work's gonna be wasted, right? It's the same if you, you try to think about it. If you, you're trying to cook a super good Wagyu steak, right? You spend all your ingredients, the most expensive stuff on it, but then you try to eat it off the floor. There's no really, it's not wasted, right? That's not the ideal way to eat it or to present it. You have to properly set a table and eat it off the table with proper use you know?
3: Good, yeah. expensive Wagyu steak for <laughs> curiosity. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, uh, well, not really. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, what, what, yeah, what Peter said was right. Like, uh, when you work in, in a studio, uh, seeing that you can, uh, make other people works, uh, looking good is, is really, is really nice.
0: So with regards to kind of the impact of good lighting, um, On the flip side of that, you're saying about no lighting at all. You wouldn't see anything, but what are some kind of lighting mistakes that you commonly see, so you're browsing art station, you're looking at work, you come across a piece, uh, not to specifically call anything out, but you just come across a piece and what's something that really stands out to you that tells you that perhaps someone doesn't have a good understanding of lighting or something that they, they could have done to really take their scene to the next level.
2: Um, Usually when I when I see student works with uh, really poor lighting, it's mostly because they're probably trying to lit everything right. There's no shadow, there's no balance. It's all flat because they want to show somehow everything, and that makes the 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 picture in itself really flat and boring. It's not showing the the best potential it could have or it could present. So the balance and the contrast is something really important, and especially the, the the composition of how you present it. Is it is there even shadows? Is there rim lights? Is there a good fill light? Is there a good background?
1: Yeah, I think the one of the thing is you you see directly when people don't get correct references. I'm sorry I'm I'm going back to this but like if if you if you if you have good references you don't have to I mean you you avoid this kind of uh issue that you can see sometimes and also the thing that I found is uh this is more um uh, uh what I found with uh my students, for example is that they are going into color grading uh like like crazy and directly like in the first steps. They they just put some lights and then they correct everything uh in terms of color with the with the color grading for example. And this is something that is not good because if you are doing this in the in the, the first steps you will continue working on your scene with this uh, color grading. And at the end you will want to change some stuff and it will be like a nightmare to find where you begin to mess with the color, with the contrast of this color and everything. To I mean to me this is the, the thing that I see quite a lot uh in 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 student work. Mm-hmm.
0: So someone wants to get better at lighting or they want to light their scenes better. Maybe they're an environment artist or they want to get into lighting art. What are some of your kind of hot tips for things that they can learn or things that they can apply? Um, Obviously, we've had fine good references, but what kind of other things or um, good tips have you kind of got that you could give out to uh, people listening in who want to just get better at lighting?
2: Ooh. Alright, so personally, I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't know about Oh but I didn't learn about cameras and cinematography before I got into lighting, right? Yeah. What I yeah. the way that I learned uh, about lighting wasn't through cameras or cinematography, but more about how to paint, because I did study in 3D animation, but before that, I had I studied in fine art. I did a lot of paintings, like traditional paintings and digital painting as well. I did a lot of acrylic paintings, oil paintings, uh, just life drawing, just with pencil. So my secret would be to learn how to paint, how to choose your color, how to compose a painting, how to read it, how to read an actual paintings. that, for example, uh, old massive Dutch painters or... Very old barrel paintings or mythical, mythological, uh, mythological paintings are something that a master has done and have spent years on it. They 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 created a masterpiece with, uh, and they they could guide the eyes of the uh, the viewers in the paintings, and that's basically how to do composition. And yeah, so that's my secret about how to learn about paintings uh, not paintings but lighting and then of course uh going into more technical stuff like cameras and cinema and how video game works well of course that's going to help as well how to compose your shot how to use rule of thirds how to balance your color how to cr- the, the the contrast and the color grading as well
1: yeah yeah i i also did some uh, fine art uh, classes uh, when I was in school. And this helps me a lot because you learn so much uh, doing those, like uh, color, uh, um, composition and everything. And I I joined Peter on the, the camera side, like you have to know how a camera works to fully understand how to create uh, good shots. And maybe the, I can like to me right now the best way i found to keep uh improving is to read a lot of books talking about paintings talking about uh photography and cinematography as well like having this kind of um uh constant learning uh curve and i think this this can be quite nice like for example if you don't had uh, fine art classes or stuff like this. You can learn anything with uh, the right uh, the right books talking about this. So I guess this can be quite nice as well if you, if you look to go into the, the lighting. Question, actually.
3: Because obviously, cinematography you know cinematography, super important position. Uh, understanding those things is basically key to lighting, right? But uh, in an environment where the player has full control, uh, mm-hmm. you obviously are never going, going to have the, the beautiful shots that you can set up unless there's a quick cinematic that takes you through the environment or starts you off or whatever. So what do you think it's some, of the, some of those skills help with when you have a player that can look anywhere, move around anywhere? Uh, what do you think those skills bring to the table? How do you apply them, essentially, Peter?
2: Well, it depends a lot on the type of games. If you you take, I don't know, Last of Us, for example, it's a rather linear game, so you can kind of figure out how the player would move the cameras. You can kind of uh, see the composition that they could see, potentially. And if it's a game that's more open world, well, of course, you won't be able to compose a perfect shot all around the player. That's impossible. But the least you can do is set up the proper mood and work with the design of the game, the level art and the game designer, and how to compose in an overall environment and not a picture itself. But knowing how to do a perfect picture, how to take that one single shot with a beautiful composition and all, it does really help a lot in the long term and in the overall the project. And, you know, there's a lot of thematics as well in games. There's tons of moments that you can, you can figure out how to, uh, how the, the player would see the, 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 the characters or the certain key shot that the art wants to present. So it depends on the type of game for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree on this slide the I, I guess the big open world uh games they they have to avoid certain mistakes by uh having a good lighting that works overall without doing too much because you can't and the the game more linear where you can when when you where you can control a bit more you can have this uh freedom to uh, spend more time into composition and into good
0: shots. Right. So I think that's, we're coming up to kind of the end of our time. So it's probably a good time to start wrapping this up. So we've been liking to end by asking kind of a, a final question. And I've got a question for today. I mean, if Ryan doesn't add an extra question like he did uh, before. But <laughs> let me I, think about it. I, I'd like to hear, um, excluding games you've worked on, what's kind of the game that you've played where you thought had like the best lighting, or the lighting really blew your way in a game.
2: Easy answer. My answer would be the R.G. eighteen eighty six. That game is so ahead of its of its time in terms of lighting. It's insane.
1: Um, on my side, it's. Uh, exactly the same answer as this. Because when he came out, it was like a total masterclass uh, about lighting and about cinematography.
3: You know what? I'm going to go ahead and agree as well. <laughs> that came out. <was laughs> so, like you said, ahead of his time when it came to that stuff, it's really, really stunning. Yeah. But I'm going to throw an extra question in. <laughs> gotcha, Peter. Um <laughs> of all the Out of the, like, movies you've seen lately and everything, what movie had some of the shots that kind of just inspired you so much that you went home and just kind of started collecting ref? Uh, It could be any movie from any time or something you've seen recently.
2: Peter? I would say Blade Runner, the, the recent one. It has, I mean, it's so good in terms of composition and colors. It's a beautiful film to to watch and to study as well. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Guillaume?
1: I'm thinking about it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not easy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll um, go whilst you think about it. Um, Arrival had some scenes uh, I don't Ooh. know if you guys seen Arrival, but it had some scenes with such incredible composition that it actually inspired me so much that, that I based a lot of what I'm doing now in my uh uh my current environment out of those sort of shots and i use them really to guide my environment cuz they kind of inspired me so much
1: yeah th- yeah this one is, this one is really nice on my side i think uh, it's not like i mean i'm a big fan of wes anderson movies like um how he com- yeah, how he composed his uh, his picture is crazy and also the tone of his colors and everything is something that really inspires me and I mean yeah I mean i, I tried for really long time to uh get a scene with this kind of mood, so and I never <laughs> get it so yeah, I still trying
3: yeah, I always find those uh there's some movies where I just kind of you get so inspired by it, or games of course as well and, and you you just kind of try to replicate it, but you just can't because there's just so much experience that went into it crafting that shot. Right.
1: Mm, um, yeah.
3: i tell you what, I'll ask one mm. more thing. Um, basically, if you were looking for someone to replace you uh, at your job, say someone's applied specifically to replace you specifically at your job, what would you say are this sort of skills that you are that you'd be sort of looking for, yum. Um,
1: I would say be patient, because I mean it's 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 in in every studio you have to do and redo uh, a lot of time uh, the your, your work to fit uh, really how the 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 direction goes. Um, and creative like we have this chance uh i guess peter would 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 agree with this that we have the chance in this chance in ubisoft that you can uh, be a force of proposal um like in 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 ac valhalla for example we we try with the lightning well the lighting team we are we are two working on the lighting and we tried to propose um like tons of stuff that we were liking um even if this was going a bit uh, on the side of the our direction sometimes and they never said like no no we don't want that they said okay it's cool we 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 will try to work on this and adapt this so I think creativity is a big part of the of the job. Creativity and patience, yeah. gotcha. Very
3: easy skills to get, by the way. <laughs> um, how about you, Peter?
2: Yeah, I agree with Guillaume. Uh, you have you can't be romantic about your work, right? Because even if you like it and you find it it's the best possible thing that you made, uh, there might be a reason to not have it or to cut it completely for. It Design, uh, gameplay reason or marketing reason or art direction reason. So you, you have to learn to not be romantic about stuff and still be interested in the potential of doing something that, that could be not in the game in the final when shipping it. And I guess I could add, uh, a junior lighter doesn't need, doesn't need to be, uh, super technical but in uh, the, that person needs to be that can well I guess he needs to be good at adapting with the situation, especially in terms of technical reason sometimes uh for performance reason you you have to cut a bunch of things and sometimes it's not gonna look as good as you thought it would be, but you have to work with it, and you have to bite the bullet and do something that you think is the best for the game while it's, you, you, you can be, you know, proud of it at the same time.
3: Yeah, it's very, there's no way that
2: you, yeah, you can't be, you can't, you can't expect that the game, it's going to be even at 60 FPS with the infinite numbers of light or shadows or whatever you have, right? You have to adapt to the situation. And most of the cases, is your stuff might be cut or it could be reduced by half or it could be non-existent pretty much and you have to work with it
3: yeah absolutely right you can be precious you have to understand that whilst uh, you are here doing art uh, regardless of what art you're doing uh you're doing art for someone else essentially uh yeah. it's kind of it's a hard skill to get for sure i've learned uh it took me a while to really learn that one uh yeah, it, it's, it's good advice, that one.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I have some fantastic advice there from our guests. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Have you got Twitter, ArtStation? Where's the best place if people want to have a look at your work or uh, follow
2: you guys?
1: Well, um, I'm, um, I'm on
2: ArtStation. I'm on ArtStation and Twitter, uh, mainly. I also, I'm also on LinkedIn sometimes, but that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, it's the same for me. I'm on Twitter and Artstation mainly.
3: We'll put your, uh, your, uh, Twitter's handles and such on the, on the description for everybody to check them out.
0: Cool. So if you want to follow these guys or check out the uh, awesome one, head down to the description follow there. Thank you for joining us. Um, this is the EXP podcast. If you want to uh, look at more EXP stuff, we've got the website with all the articles on there. Uh, we've got the EXP Twitter, which will also be in the description. And we've got the fantastic uh, Experience Points Discord server, which I highly recommend that anyone who isn't a member of signs up to. Thank you, everyone, for being with me today. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya.
1: Cheers.